Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Hello, this is Martin Grote with an article from the October-November 2022 issue of Forbes magazine, America's premier business magazine, brought to you by Airs LA. This article, Lord of the Landlines, on page 54. Robert Hale became a billionaire by capitalizing on the technology Alexander Graham Bell patented in 1876. But time's up, and now the 21st century is calling. By John Hyatt. Good fun, good fun, bellows Rob Hale on a recent Friday morning. It's 6.30 a.m. and two dozen employees of Granite Telecommunications have gathered for one of their CEO's favorite rituals, hour-long morning workouts, a grueling grind of push-ups, squats, burpees, sit-ups, planks, jumping jacks, and stair runs through the company's four-story office headquarters in Quincy, Massachusetts, a blue-collar burb ten miles south of Boston. Hale, 56, likes routine. His typical workday includes nabbing the parking lot's fifth spot, five is his lucky number, downing four extra-large decaf Dunkin' coffees, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, overseeing a second group workout at noon, this one mercifully 20 minutes, then getting home in time for dinner with Karen, his wife of 28 years. My life is very regimented, Hale explains. It doesn't deviate much at all. Such discipline pays big dividends. Privately held granite generated over $1.6 billion in sales last year and has no long-term debt. Twenty years after Hale's first company collapsed, he boasts a $5 billion fortune from his estimated 70% stake in granite and is one of America's 400 wealthiest people for the second year running. How did he do it? Forget about the blockchain, the metaverse, or the cloud. The Bostonian built a 21st century telecommunications empire on the back of a 150-year-old technology, twisted copper wire telephone lines, or plain old telephone service, POTS, P-O-T-S, as it's known in the industry. Granite, a telecom wholesaler, leases these old-fashioned lines from phone companies, then sells the service back to businesses at a premium. POTS has one huge advantage over fiber-optic cables and wireless, unmatchable reliability. Unlike glass fiber, twisted copper can transmit electric power, meaning POTS keeps working even during a blackout. That makes it attractive for powering essentials such as fire alarms, security systems, and emergency elevator phones. Wall Street thinks they're dead, but every retailer on the planet has a couple of POTS lines, Hale says. Granite's angle is to sell POTS to national retailers, Nike, CVS, and PepsiCo are clients, whose IT chiefs want a single point of contact for their many phone lines in many different states. When a POTS line in Montana goes down, techies at CVS don't have to chase after the local phone carrier to fix it. They call Granite, which does it for them. Any national brand you can think of, they don't want to deal with seven phone companies, Hale explains. They want to deal with one. That deceptively simple formula has worked for years, but now Granite faces an existential crisis, hang up on landlines or get left behind. There were only 32 million active POTS lines in the U.S. last year, 
compared to $123 million in 2010, according to the Federal Communications Commission. Copper lines are expensive to fix, and upkeep is difficult. For decades, the government required phone companies either to maintain their POTS lines or resell them to competitors like Granite, but those mandates are winding down. AT&T, which, along with Verizon, is one of America's largest POTS carriers, announced in March that it plans to deactivate half its copper lines by 2025. Many businesses have already moved their phone systems online, commonly known as Voice Over Internet Protocol, the VOIP. Companies still relying on POTS for fire alarms and other critical services are increasingly adopting battery-backed wireless systems known as POTS replacements. Granite is feeling the heat. Annual sales from its POTS business declined last year for the first time ever. With the way this market is looking, at some point POTS may not be around, says Denise Monroe, a consultant at CRG Telecom, which focuses on cost management. That's why Hale is expanding his wholesale playbook. Granite is still the middleman in these new markets, but rather than just POTS, the company now leases cable internet and buys wireless equipment in bulk, then manages it in exchange for a monthly fee. POTS lines now account for only half of Granite's revenue, down from 100% a decade ago. Its cable and wireless VOIP products now account for 20% and 15% of sales, respectively. Last year, Granite made its first acquisition, shelling out $20 million for Epic, a manufacturer of POTS replacement devices, which Granite is selling to customers that are quitting copper. The further Granite strays from its lucrative landline niche, though, the more competition it faces. That includes large phone and cable companies, such as Verizon, AT&T, Charter, and Comcast, that sell to Granite, but also want to sell to businesses directly. There are more direct competitors as well, such as Ring Central and 8x8, both of which are based in the Bay Area and trade on the New York Stock Exchange. Telecom can often be a very messy business, as companies who are cutthroat competitors can also end up partnering and relying on one another, explains Rich Tarani, a telecom investment banker at New Jersey-based Four Points Capital Partners, who adds that Granite has literally thousands of competitors across its business lines. Hale says Granite's operating margins for its cable and wireless segments are about the same as for phone lines, which Forbes pegs at between 15 and 20 percent. He also argues, perhaps predictably, that Granite's POTS background gives it a leg up on the transition. For instance, cable companies' networks, like those of phone carriers, are geographically constrained, which means Granite's national aggregation model is still workable. Wireless networks also vary dramatically in quality depending on location. Above all, customers will stick around because they like Granite's customer service, insists Hale, who prides himself on regularly speaking with clients. We are a customer machine, he says. People think it's a transactional business. It's not. It's a relationship business. Hale's vibe, fist bumps, small talk, and self-deprecating jokes, is more backslapping political than aloof tycoon. He's a big presence on New York's philanthropy scene. He and Granite have collectively given over a half a billion dollars to various hospitals, universities, schools, and local charities. 
The company's annual Saving by Shaving event, a cancer fundraiser for which attendees shave their head and donate the hair to make wigs for chemo patients, has become a Quincy fixture, drawing Boston sports legends including Tom Brady and David Ortiz. There may be people in Boston who give more than Rob, but I would be surprised, says Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, a close friend of Hale's. Born in 1966, Robert Hale Jr. grew up in Northampton, a town of 30,000 in western Massachusetts that's home to Smith College. His father, Bob, was an entrepreneur who imported women's clothing. Charismatic, class president at Connecticut College, but mediocre in school, I was a C.B. student with an emphasis on the C. Hale found his calling in sales, first at long-distance phone company MCI, where he started in 1988 after graduating with a B.A. in history, and then at New England Telephone, a local carrier now owned by Verizon. When I got to sales, within a month I was like, wow, I'm good at this, he recalls. I wasn't that good academically, and I wasn't that good athletically, but inherently I'm competitive, and in sales they keep score. In 1990, he started his first company, Network Plus, with a $400,000 loan from his parents. That was their nest egg, and an idea that foreshadowed Granite's wholesale buying and selling of cheap long-distance phone lines for small businesses. From 91 through 98, we grew profitably, he says with a sigh. We had a great business. Then, he recalls, Wall Street came knocking. Goldman Sachs cold-called me in 98 and said, do you want to do a bond offering? I said, I'm a phone guy, not a finance guy. I don't know what that means. They said, you can do a bond offering, do an IPO, and you'll be a billionaire. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do that bond offering. No wonder it was near the peak of the dot-com bubble, and investors were throwing money at all things telecom. Hale hitched his wagon to the frenzy. Network Plus took on over $200 million in debt with plans to build a regional phone network. The company went public in June 1999. Fleetingly, Hale was indeed a billionaire. Then it all came crashing down. As the telecom sector cratered, investors ran for the hills and lenders closed their spigots. For debt-strapped Network Plus, that meant declaring bankruptcy in February 2002. The company sold its remaining assets for less than $16 million and laid off hundreds of employees. Building a network is like building a bridge, and we were left with half a bridge, says Hale, who was left devastated by the experience. I lost a ton of weight because I couldn't eat. Every morning I'd get up and throw up. I was wounded, emotionally wounded. I needed to reclaim my dignity. He threw his energy into granite, which he started the same year Network Plus went belly up. The company, by Hale's own admission, got lucky. The original plan was to build another phone network, but that was too expensive, so instead Granite leased some phone lines in the Boston area. It was just to get in the game, he says. We were going to get some customers and build a little scale, then deploy switches, much like everyone had always done. But then Walmart and Walgreens separately contracted Granite to manage all their phone lines in the Boston area. The arrangement worked. Deals followed for Granite to aggregate their phone lines in New England, then across the Northeast, and eventually across the whole country. People always say, how'd you get the great idea? 
We didn't. They did, Hale says. We just had the common sense to listen. He'll need to keep his ear to the ground as landlines become obsolete. If Granite's next twenty years are to match its first twenty, it will take a lot more than common sense. And that concludes the article, Lord of the Landlines, by John Hyatt. This is Martin Grote. I'll be back soon with other articles from Forbes magazine. Thank you for listening. Thank you.